Hello, I'm glad you could be with me again today. We are continuing on with our study of Genesis, and we're up to chapter 31. We are going to be looking at uh, uh, Jacob is going to leave Laban and go back home to the land of Canaan, where his dad is, his dad Isaac. And uh, Laban is not going to like Jacob leaving him and is going to pursue after him. And then we're going to read about also, how they're going to work out their differences. It's a pretty interesting story how they work it out. So let's get started with chapter 31 and verse 1. It says, And he heard the words of Laban's sons, he being Jacob. He, Jacob, he heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory or wealth. So uh, Jacob's sons, they were being, they were uh, jealous of Jacob because his flocks were growing and becoming stronger and Laban's were becoming smaller and weaker. Uh, God was certainly helping Jacob. And I remember they had an arrangement that Jacob would keep certain of the cattle and Laban would keep certain of the cattle. But God was helping Jacob. So let's go on to verse 2. It says, And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him. So uh, Laban, he, Jacob could tell that Laban was unhappy with him, is what it's saying. And he, he was angry with Laban because Laban's uh, flocks were not growing and getting stronger. And verse 3 says, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers, and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. So God's telling Jacob, it's time to go home. Time to go back to Canaan, go back to your father uh, Isaac, and time to take all your family and get going. And verse 4 says, And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field and to his flock. So Jacob called his two wives out into a field, probably so he could talk to them privately, and they wouldn't be overheard. And he's telling them, he says in verse 5, and he said unto them, I see your father's countenance, that he is not toward me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. So he's telling his wives, he says, your father is angry with me. And, um, but uh, he's saying, it's time, it's time for us to leave. I've heard from God, and God wants me to go. Have you been listening to the voice of God? Has God been speaking to you? And have you been hearing him and has he been telling you what to do? Uh, and are you obeying what God is telling you to do? Now, the enemy will try to mimic the voice of God. So, you know, we have to be living a life where we are close to the Lord so that we know when God is speaking to us and when the enemy is speaking to us. That takes us spending time in prayer. We need to spend time with, the, with God so that we know his voice. Let's continue on. In verse 6, it says, And ye know that with all my power I have served your father. He's saying, hey, I've worked all, your father all these years with all my might. And he says in 7, And your father hath, hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. So he's saying, hey, your father changed my wages ten times. That's a, that's a lot of uh, manipulation from Laban over 20 years. You know, he was... Continue to change uh, Jacob's wages, and uh, 
I'm sure Jacob was getting tired of that, but he put up with it because, you know, he, he had his wives and he had his children and he was trying to do what was right by them. And so verse 8 says, If he said thus, the speckled shall be thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said thus, the ring straight shall be thy hire, then bear all the cattle ring straight. I'm sure Laban kept changing the wages, so he'd try to get the best deal he could get. And he didn't care if Jacob got anything good. But God was looking out for Jacob. We're going to see that here in just a moment. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. Yeah, Laban's cattle was getting smaller. Jacob's cattle were getting more and stronger. And in verse 10 it says, And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived, that I lifted up mine eyes, and saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring-straight, speckled, and grizzled. And so we, we see here that uh, God is, is helping uh, Jacob in a dream. And verse 11 says, And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. And verse 12, and, and he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see all the rams which leave upon the cattle are ring-straked, speckled, and grizzled, for I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. What it means by uh, all the rams which leap upon the cattle just means they were mating. The, the cattle were mating. It's natural. Just And then he says in 13, I am the God of Bethel. <clears throat> Remember the story where uh, uh, Jacob was at Bethel. And he says, I am the God of Bethel where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me, now arise, get thee from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Again, God says, it's time, Jacob, for you to go home. Time for you to get back down into Canaan. You've got your wife, or he's got his wives, because he was tricked into having two wives. Uh, it's time for you to go home and be back there with Isaac. And verse 14 says, And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? What they're saying is, there's nothing left for us here. It's time for us to go. Our father, you know, Laban, he's used up all the money. It's time for us to go. There's no inheritance for us. And then he says in 16, For all the riches with which God hath taken from our father, that is ours and our children's, now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. They said, whatever you have to do, if God's telling you to leave, let's go ahead and go. Because there's nothing left for us here. So they're willing to go with their husband and just go back, go on down to Canaan. They hadn't been to Canaan before, but they were willing to get going. And I like that attitude. We need to be willing to go where God wants us to go. And so 17 says, then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. He got them all loaded up. And they didn't have any cars in that day, but they had camels. So he was loading them up on camels, and they were going to take the journey, which was, uh, I think it was close to around 800 miles. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've uh, researched, I think it was close to 800 miles. So it was a, a trip that was going to take them at least two, two to three weeks. And so 18 says, and he carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting, which he had gotten in Padanaram, 
Padanaram just being the region they're living in. For to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. So remember now, it's been about 20 years since he has seen Isaac, his father. And uh, when he left, remember, he had some trouble with his uh, his twin brother Esau. And uh, that's going to be uh, an issue that's coming up right away here. Not not today, but right away. His, he's going to have a, a meeting with his brother Esau. And 19 says, And Laban went to Syria's sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Now, uh, you would think that these images, what what they mean is uh, the little false false idol gods that you would set up. So the images of his false idols. And um, you would think that Laban would be serving these false gods, but he's doing it. And so uh, Rachel decided to take them. I don't. Uh, it's odd that she did. And I can't understand why she did it. She might have just done it out of spite, maybe. Unless she was also serving these false gods. Uh, if they had been living down in Canaan around Isaac and them, they, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But they had they were living in, in a different place up in Mesopotamia. And they were serving false gods. We've got to be careful about that. We don't want to start serving false gods. We, we want to serve God and God alone. He should be our only God. We can't be setting up false idols. You know, a lot of things can become false idols to us. You know that even, even television can become a false idol to us. If it, anything that is more important than God becomes an idol to us. And uh, it's not necessarily that we're setting up little idols like Laban had. But if, if watching TV is more important then you go into church and worshiping God or, or having, if more, watching TV is more important than you reading and praying, then TV is becoming a God to you. And this is just one example. But we have to be careful. Anything can be set up as a God. If it's becoming more important to us than God, we've got a false idol. We've got to be careful that we don't want that to happen to our lives. So let's go ahead in verse 20. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian, in that he told him not that he fled. In other words, Laban took his family and they took off secretly away, away from Laban to get away. And it wasn't uncommon for Jacob to be gone for days at a time out in the fields taking care of the flock. So it, it's, it's not unusual that Laban wouldn't have seen him for several days at a time. So he's just using this time that uh, maybe you might think that, well, maybe he shouldn't have snuck away. But he has good reason to sneak away. He's, he doesn't believe that Laban would let him go. So he's concerned that Laban might hold on to all his possessions and, and force him to stay there because he's working for him. Well, he, at first, he's almost working for free. Uh, the first many years, he, he worked literally just for wives. And now, he, in the last few years, he's been uh, growing his flocks. So he had good reason to believe that Laban, the manipulator, wouldn't have let him go. 
So let's let's go here on verse 22. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled. So Jacob's been gone for three days. And verse 23 says, And he took his brethren with him and pursued after him seven days' journey. And they overtook him in the Mount of Gilead. And so Jacob goes several days and starts going after Jacob and his his family. Remember, he has a lot of sons and has at least one daughter and his wives and all his, he, they're also moving all his crop, his flocks, I mean. And so um, they're having a lot to do. They're probably not moving really fast. And Laban is able to go much faster because he's not moving all this with him. Just got, probably him and his sons and his some of his servants are with him. It says, verse 24 says, And God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. Now, here we have Laban, who is serving false gods. But the one true God comes to him in a dream and speaks to Laban. Now, this is very interesting, because Laban actually listens to the voice of, the, of God instead of his false idols. He listens to God, and God says, I don't want you to lay a hand. You know, I'm going to paraphrase what it's saying here. Yeah, I don't want you to lay a hand on Jacob. I want you to leave him alone. And uh, we're going to see that Laban does have some things to say, but he doesn't. He doesn't do any hurt to Jacob. You're going to see in just a moment here. And uh, verse 25 says, "Then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount." And Laban with his brethren pitched in the Mount of Gilead. So he's caught up, Laban caught up with Jacob. And not surprising, he can move much swifter than Jacob was moving. Verse 26 says, And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done, that thou hast stolen away unawares of, to me, and carried away my daughters as captives, taken with the sword? So Laban the first part he says is right that they did leave unawares. Uh, the Laban didn't know they were leaving, but he did not take away uh, Rachel and Leah and his grandchildren. He didn't take them away like their prisoners under uh, threat of sword of the sword. He actually they wanted to go with him, but Laban, you know, he he's the master manipulator here. And so he's saying, why did you take them away from me like this? You know, you've taken them captive, but they're not captives at all. They're willingly going with Jacob. And the verse 27 says, Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me and didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs and to bray and with harp? So he's saying, hey, we could have had a big party before you left, but if they were still back at Laban's, most likely there wouldn't have been any big party because Laban would have said, I'm not letting you go and you can just stay here and work. Uh, that's at least was Jacob's fear. And I think it was well-founded fear. And verse 28 says, And hast not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters, that thou hast done so, done foolishly in doing and so he's saying, hey, I didn't get to say goodbye to anybody. Well, that's true. You didn't get to say goodbye to anybody. But that's because of the way he'd been treating Jacob. Jacob had to steal away. 
And in verse 29 says, It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father, you notice he says, the God of your father, not my God, but the God of your father, spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. So I will, I'm going to give a, Laban a little credit. He's not saying that my God spoke to me, but he's saying the God of your father. And he's making it pretty clear. And uh, he says, he told me not to do anything good or bad to you, just to leave you alone. And that's what he's going to do. Uh, pretty much, anyway, is pretty, pretty much what he could do. We'll continue on. Verse 30. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou sore longest after thy father's house, meaning you wanted very much to go home, Yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? So he, first he says, But the God of your father spake unto me. Now he's saying, Where you guys stole my gods, my false gods. And, and we were told just a few verses ago that Rachel had taken his little false gods. And so um, then he, he says in verse 31, And Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, peradventure, peradventure just means perhaps, perhaps thou wouldest take by force thy daughters from me. So he was afraid that Laban was going to take his wives away, away from him and not let them leave. And yet he, he's married to these women. He wants to take them with him. And they wanted to go with Jacob also. Jacob wasn't forcing them to go at all. They both said they wanted to go. So he had good reason to sneak away the way he did. And verse 32 says, With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, his false gods, let him not live. See, Jacob doesn't know that Rachel stole his false gods. And so he says, Wherever you find, uh, whoever's tent, you know, you find these false gods, go ahead and, and kill them. He says, let them not live. He says, we, I'll tell you, we have to be careful making statements like that because we don't know what's going on. Uh, when we get into an, another book, we're going to read another story similar to this. So it's, um, he says, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. And in verse 33, And Laban went into Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maidservants' tents, but he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent, and entered into Rachel's tent. Okay, he so Laban and the men with him are searching all around their camp and all the tents. And uh, Jacob's got quite a few with him, a lot of servants and a lot of people, people with him. So he's looking through all the tents, through all the things, trying to find his false gods. Of course, he wouldn't call them false gods, but that's what they are, false gods. And so uh, verse 34 says, Now Rachel had taken the images, the false gods, and put them in the camel's furniture. That means in the the, uh, the camel's pack. You know the 
the uh, kind of like the saddle that you would put on the camel, like you would put on a horse. So she put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. So um, she put the into the camel's uh, saddle. And then the saddle was probably put on the ground there. And so she sat on the saddle and covered them up with, with her uh, dress. And verse 35 says, And she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. And he searched, but found not the image. So uh, Rachel just making an excuse. She's saying, look, I, I can't get up here uh, because I, I'm having my monthly period. And I can't get up. And so Laban just figured, okay, no problem. I'm just going to move on. And so verse 36 says, And Jacob was wroth and showed with Laban. So Jacob now getting angry because Laban's not finding anything. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? And those are good questions. He's saying, hey, you're not finding anything in my tent that I've taken that's yours. And he says in 37, Whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. He's saying, anything you found that's yours, lay it out here. Let's see it. You know, he's saying that because he knows that Laban and them have found nothing, that Jacob took nothing. Of course, he doesn't know that Rachel took those false gods. But other than that, he's saying, look, you found nothing. And in verse 38, this 20 years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. So if a, um, a lion or a bear had got in and killed one of his sheep or goats, he said, you know, he, he replaced it himself. He didn't give him the, the killed one. He says, I bear the loss of it. You know, if one was killed, he said, I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. So uh, he would replace it out of, Jacob would replace it out of his own flock. If an animal was killed or stolen day or night, he replaced it out of his own flock. He did right by Laban. That's for sure. He did right by Laban, where Laban kept changing uh, his wages over and over again. And verse 40 says, Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and sleep departed from my eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy cattle. And thou hast changed my wages ten times. So he said, I, I worked during the heat of the day, I worked during the, the cold of the night, and I didn't get a lot of sleep. But I, for 20 years, I worked for you, and you just changed my wages over and over again. And verse 42 says, Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, had been with me, 
Surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God has seen mine affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesternight. He's right. Laban would have sent him away with nothing except God was looking out for him. Have you put your faith in God? Are you trusting God to look out for you? God will take care of you if you'll if I'm not saying God's gonna make you rich. That, that's not what God is inter, interested in. God is pe- interested in people that are gonna put their faith in Him. This is a faith program, saints. We have to put our faith in God and He will take care of us. We may not be rich, but we have to know that God He is in control of all of this. And if we put our faith in Him, we will be taken care of. And I'm, we're going to spend eternity with God. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to spending all eternity with God that I assert to put all my faith in. And he will not let me down. Verse 43 says, And Laban, Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children, or these grandchildren, are my children, and these cattle are my cattle. And all that thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto these my daughters or unto their children which they have borne? So Laban, he's actually making a false statement uh, mostly. He's saying that uh, these are my two daughters. These are my grandchildren. I mean, technically he's right. They are his daughters and they are his grandchildren. But really they are to go with Jacob. These women are married to Jacob, and they are supposed to stay with him, not with their father. He's going to move on. Uh, Jacob worked for them, and they were given to him, and they want to be with him. And and I will say now, Laban says, what can I do this day unto these my daughters? In other words, there's nothing I can do. Uh, They have left me, and they're with you now, so I have to just let it be. Because they don't want to come home with Laban. And I don't blame him. Verse 44 says, Now therefore, come now and let us make a covenant. I and thou, and let it be for a witness between me and thee. This is going to be a very interesting covenant that Laban wants to set up between him and Jacob. And it really shows how much he does not like Jacob is what it shows. It's a terrible covenant to set up, but uh, you'll see here in a moment that uh, Laban is not a good man. So 45 says, And Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. He's done this. He did it before Bethel. 46 says, And Jacob said unto his brethren, Gather stones, and they took stones and made an heap, and they did eat there upon the heap. So they had a, a covenant meal uh, there on this heap of stones. And 47 says, and Laban called it, I'm going to have a hard time with this word here. Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha. That's about the best I can get that word. It's a long one. But Jacob called it Galid. Uh, not Gal, not, not uh, Gilead, but Galid. And Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watch between me and thee. Oh, let me back up to 47. And Laban called it 
Jagar Sahadutha, but Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Galid. And so uh, what uh, that long name and Galid, they both mean the same thing. Laban was calling it uh, a name in Aramaic, and Jacob was calling it a name in in Hebrew. And so Aramaic is actually a dialect of Hebrew. And what it means is uh, Jagar Sahadutham and Galid mean a witness pile. So this pile is the witness between both of them. And 48 says, And Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore is the name of it called Galid. And 49 says, And Mizpah. So Mizpah means uh, witness. So you would think that, it, why are they calling it something different? But what it means is, if you do wrong, Mizpah means, if you do wrong, God will see it and he will punish you. And, and also it means, if you come over to my side of the line, if you cross this pillar and come over to the, my side, I will kill you. So neither one of them was to cross the line of that pillar or they could kill each other if that was the case. And so let me see, verse 15 says, If thou shalt afflict my daughters, and Laban is speaking here, if thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take other wives beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. They're making a covenant before God. They're, he's saying, God will see if you do something wrong to my wives. Well, he said, or, you know, God will also see if you cross this pillar and come over to my side. So Laban, he doesn't like Jacob at all. He's saying, look, I don't want to see you anymore. Don't you come into my part of the land. If you come into my part of the land, you have violated the covenant. And I will come after you and I will kill you. That, that's how much he actually cared for Jacob. He didn't care for Jacob at all except for the fact he was getting just about free labor from him. That's all that Laban really cared about him. The only one that really cares for us in this world. There, You might have people that love you. Hopefully you do. But the one that really loves us is God. God cares for us the most. Uh, there's no person in this world that will love you more than God will. And, you know, we need to remember that God is the one that truly loves us. And verse 51 says, And Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap, and behold this pillar, which I have cast betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness, and this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. Verse 53, And the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge betwixt us, and Jacob swear by the fear of his father Isaac. So they said the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, which uh, that was the same God. That's the one true God. And Nahor was Laban's dad, 
I believe I got that right. Nahor was Laban's dad. 54 says, Then Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount and called his brethren to eat bread, and they did eat bread and tarried all night in the mount. And early in the morning, Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them, and Laban departed and returned unto his place. So he did do what God told him to do. God said, don't you do anything to Jacob, Jacob and his family. He said, you leave them alone. Had God not said that to Laban, Laban might have killed Jacob or at least attempted to kill Jacob because he was furious with him. And he set up this covenant between him and Jacob that if you cross over this, this pillar, I'll come to you and I'll kill you. He doesn't have any care for Laban for all those, I didn't have any care for Jacob for all those years he worked for him and for being married to his daughters. Uh, God is the one that really loves Jacob and God protected Jacob. So tomorrow we will be looking at chapter 32 and we're going to continue on looking at Jacob and what what is happening with Jacob and his family. So I hope you enjoyed today and we'll see you tomorrow.